Last week, Pastor Jason led us in the amazing opener to becoming heartstrong, our three-year journey through the Bible. And he talked about Matthew's key point, and we really saw it in Matthew chapter 1 through 9, if you're able to do the readings this week, that Jesus is Emmanuel. Someone say Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel. What does that mean? It means God with us. God with us. And this morning, we're going to dive into the beginning of our second uh, portion of reading this week. I uh, believe it's uh, Monday through Friday, or through Saturday, actually. We're going to be journeying through Matthew chapter 10 to 19. If you haven't done Matthew's chapter 1 through 9, you can do it today. You can do it today. Do not feel like you've fallen behind. This is a perfect time to jump in, to catch up. And there is power in reading the Word of God. This morning, we're going to focus specifically on chapter 10. And the question that we're looking to answer this morning is, are you tired all the time? Anybody already tired this morning? You're like, Pastor Mitch, I come to the 9 o'clock because I know it's good for me to just start the day, right? Bless you, bless you. Listen, I think that's a great question, not just for us today, but in our cultural reality. There are often times where you can look around your workplace, you can definitely look around your high school and see people that you're like, I can't believe you're moving this way. Good for you. Look at that one step in front of the other, right? It's just, it, we live in a culture where we are doing so so much, we don't prioritize rest enough, hello, that we can find ourselves in this position of fatigue. We can find ourselves in this position of tiredness. And what, the way that we really want to focus it on today, that I believe that God is going to speak to all areas this morning. But my question really is, are you tired all the time when it comes to following Jesus? Are you tired all the time when it comes to the power and the mission that God has called you to? In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is releasing his disciples for ministry. He's walked through, we've gone through the genealogy, we've seen the birth of Jesus to the Virgin Mary, we've watched as he was baptized, we watched as he went out and he was tempted by the enemy, and he was overcame through scripture, we watched as Jesus delivered this amazingly powerful message uh, called the Sermon on the Mount, and now, after he has delivered these amazing rules on which the kingdom is built, he turns to his disciples and says, build. so good for us to take what it is that God teaches us and apply it. Amen? Whew, come on. There is nothing worse. There is nothing worse than receiving, 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 receiving from God and never actually giving anything away. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you, give him away. Give them away. Let somebody know. Because hoarding Jesus to ourselves is not who we are called to be as a church. It is important for us to take what it is that is given to us and give it away to apply it correctly. It's like those in the room who are great cooks. Stop looking at me. You should look to somebody else. Okay, so... Those in the room who are great cooks, who cooking is a strength, or maybe you're on the other side like myself, where like, it's not the cooking that's my strength, it's the eating. Eating is my strength, uh, and I look to those who cook, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But there comes a time in every life where simply eating KD every day just isn't going to do it. And you're going to reach that point, even if you have no cooking skills, where you're like, you know what? I'm going to try. 
I'm going to put the effort in today and I'm going to try. And when it comes to cooking, nothing is more important, especially if you have no idea what you're doing. God bless those of you in the room who are like just a sprinkle of this and a little of that. And you're like, how much did you put in? You're like, and it comes out tasting amazing. Like, God bless you, right? But for me, it's so important for those of us in the room that aren't cooks, you got to follow the recipe, amen? You got to follow it to the T. The timings are crucial. The heat is not a recommendation. Right? It's got to be that hot. It's got to be. And if you don't follow those things to the core, it can be difficult to make a meal worth eating. Discipleship with Jesus is similar. When it comes to following what it is that God has set out, listen, we have four Gospels that we're going to read through here in the next couple of months, and these are not just pieces of advice from Jesus. This is the recipe that he is unloading to creation. If we want to see the kingdom of God grow, there are steps to follow. If we want to see the kingdom of God grow, there are steps to follow. I asked a question this week uh, of a group of people. I said, you know, how many uh, people in this room, there was a bunch of us that were gathered, have ever seen a friend or a family member come to Jesus? And I looked around the room, and there was only about one or two out of all that were gathered. In church, I want to let you know that watching someone come to faith in Christ is something that Jesus has for you. It is something that Jesus has for you. Experiencing Jesus in your own life is amazing. Amen? Watching Jesus step into someone else's life, (laughs) it is so good. Church, there is nothing better. There is nothing better than personal encounter with Christ, except for watching someone else have a personal encounter with Christ. And so when it comes to building the kingdom, Jesus is delivering all of these things. Why? Because his love for creation runs as deep, runs as equal, runs as powerful as the Father's, right? We got Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father. They are three in one. Jesus loves people. But he knows that it's not his job alone in his earthly body to deliver these things. That one day the father is going to call him to the cross. So it's important that the disciples understand how the kingdom is built in church. If we are going to watch Jesus move in this city, he's not just going to do it. He's going to do it. Come on. But he's not just going to do it. When you're praying for a friend, I just want you to hear this this morning. When you're praying for a friend and you're praying for a loved one, as you speak that name out to Jesus, his heart is pouring and overflowing to those individuals. But then he looks to you and says, okay, let's go. He wants to use you to reach those that he's called you in relationship with. Amen? This is exactly what he's trying to teach the 12 disciples. And so in Matthew chapter 10, he starts off with this amazingly powerful, inspiring, uh, reality-altering message. He says this, Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. Whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. Amen? Whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. What is Jesus speaking here? He says, you are my representation. 
as you walk into a room, as you walk into people's lives and you're trying to live out what it is that God is doing, they may not initially speak the name of Jesus over themselves and over their family, but Jesus says to the disciples, when people give you that listening ear, when they acknowledge that what you have to say is actually worth listening to, church, listen to this, when they see that something is different in your life, they see Jesus. And when they see Jesus, the door is open for them to receive the Father. Church, you have a critical role to play. We're not walking through heartstrong just because it's something fun to tell everybody that we're doing. No, we believe in the power of God's word. We believe in the transformation that is available to our city. Why is Jesus able to say this? Because he is king. And when the king makes a declaration, it is for all the land. Come on. When the king makes a declaration, it is for all the land. In the time that the Israelites and, and the disciples here, the Jewish people, uh, were being raised up, Caesar's word would have been law. But Jesus reminds them time and time again, you belong to a different kingdom. When Jesus speaks over the kingdom of God, it is law. When they see you and you're living for him, and they receive you. They, the door is open for them to receive him. He is king. Matthew 10, 42 says this, whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. When I read that growing up, I always thought that Jesus, as he often does, was referring to the kids in the crowd, but he's actually referring to the disciples when he refers to the little ones. Those who maybe in their past have been overlooked. Those who maybe even in the standing in the place that they find themselves or less than prominent community members. Jesus says, listen, you will walk into these places and you may be the least of each and every person that's there. But as people listen to you and as they listen to the life-changing and transforming words that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you, understand that what God is about to do just by them listening, just by them watching, just by them being in your presence, there is an opportunity for them to have their lives changed for eternity. Church, we believe that God wants to transform people's lives. Amen? Do you believe that he wants to use you to do it? Do you? That's the question, amen? Do you believe that he wants to use you to do it? When you're praying for God to transform a life, are you also praying, start with me? High school students, as you walk into your schools tomorrow on Monday and you're looking around at your school and saying, God, I wish this school would know who you are. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to start with you. If you would know who I am on that deep, personal, unshakable, foundational level, they will see, even if they just listen for a moment, the door is opened. It's just an incredible peace that God gives to us that as we are called as disciples, we are called to empty our cups for others. That Jesus is ready to fill those who are surrounding us. Please hear that. As we are ready to empty our cups for others, Jesus is ready to fill those people who surround us. 
You are not responsible for filling anyone's cup. Let God do the work, but you are responsible for emptying your own. But Pastor Mitch, that just makes me tired, bro. (laughs) Already I hear emptying my cup and I just, uh, right? I'm already running on empty. Well, that's okay. We're going to talk about how you can refill that cup in order to serve. Because serving can be tiring. What you'll see as you watch Jesus, what the disciples would have learned very quickly, even from watching Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, is that doing things on behalf of God is tiring. There is an amazing, amazing power that comes through watching the Holy Spirit move. But if you've ever been in, in, in a, just one of those transi- transformational worship services, maybe this is you every single Sunday. You have to go home and take a nap. Hello. Why? Because being in the presence of God, it is tiring. Spiritually, there is an outpouring that takes place. Even in the infilling, one of the things that God is going to teach us over these next three years is how to prioritize rest. Right? The way that we are studying right now at the beginning of HeartStrong is Sabbath. We are asking each and every person that as God is growing your inner person, as he's challenging you to go out and watch lives be changed, do not forget that he's also calling you to rest. Because working on God's behalf, it is tiring. Jesus was often tired. He would make way and separate himself uh, from the crowd so that he could recharge in the presence of God. Because there are times where people are exhausting. Amen? All the parents in the room, you know what I'm talking about. And so the question this morning is this, as, as, as God has called you into the ministry, as he's called you to step into people's lives, and, and we're in that, that season where you're just feeling exhausted, how are you refilling your cup? Because there's a right way to do it, and there's a way that feels right in the moment, but is actually exhausting. See, refilling your cup looks like this. It looks like praying and entering into God's word, surrounding yourself with others who will also encourage you in Christ. Filling your cup in a way that, that is only uh, good in the moment looks like this, people-pleasing. People Striving after things that only gain things in, in, in the unrighteous sense. There are times in our lives where friendship and even worldly influence can be that source where you feel good in the moment, but it doesn't actually fill your cup. Amen? In chapter 10, we see Jesus doing something different. He calls these 12 little ones, but he also places on them the authority of heaven. Matthew 10, chapter 1, And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal every disease and every affliction. There is power in the name of Jesus. Church, I want to let you know that we are called by Jesus to drive out darkness and to seek and bring healing in the lives of those that he has placed around us. You are a light. You have been called to be the salt of the earth, to bring flavor wherever it is that you go. God is for us, and the enemy should be shaking in his boots. My favorite thing about church is that each and every person in this room are called to watch this play out in just a little bit of a difference. Some of you in this room You're going to drive out darkness. You're going to watch healing take place because of the way that you worship. 
The way that you worship is so beautiful, so awe-inspiring that as people watch you just enter into that peaceful zone with God and your voice begins to ring out in song, they will be like, wow, what's going on there? I've tried it. People are like, ooh, like, right? So that's not my way of showing Jesus. But each and every one of us are called to show Jesus in that different way, to be reminded that he has called you for a specific purpose. That purpose is to get to know God on that personal level so that the world may be changed. times in our lives where as we're running after God and we're running after who it is that God has called us to be, we can see the finish line. Maybe we can see the objective. Maybe we can see so tangibly how God could answer our own prayers. And, and there's times in our lives where God will actually hold back some of that blessing until we're truly ready to step into it. You know what I mean? Times in our lives will here actually restrict us or pause us in our growth to make sure that he is at the core of it all. That as we see others come to Jesus, as we see people falling at the foot of the cross, that we would be in the position, as the disciples had to learn themselves, that we would take nothing onto ourselves, but all the glory and all the honor and all the praise would go to Jesus. Matthew 10, five to six. Jesus says this, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I love this challenge from Jesus to the disciples, and I believe that it's our challenge today as we start heart strong together. Church, there's a world that doesn't know him. There's a world out there that doesn't know who he is, but just as Jesus was challenged to start with the Jewish people, just as Jesus was challenged to start with the believers, if we are going to see revival sweep across the city of Ottawa, it has to start here. In this room, together. If we are going to see revival take place, it has to first start in our hearts that our love for God collectively would go so deep that the city would know. Can I have a life center? Jesus lives there. So he's, call, he's challenging me. He says, listen, first go to the lost sheep. Go to those uh, who, who know me, but they aren't following me yet. And he begins to challenge the disciples as he's growing. And he says, listen, we are first going to call the Jews and they will learn later that the Gentiles and the Samaritans and all the world is to be called. But I truly believe at the beginning of Heartstrong that God wants to start right here in this room, that there is transformation available for you today. For us to be able to be true disciples and embrace his authority, Understand that true disciples embrace authority that has a focused assignment. If you're here today and, and you call Life Center Canada home, I want to let you know that one of the assignments that God has placed on your life is to be heartstrong. Hello? Church, if you are here today and you call Life Center home, I truly believe that the, the, the movement and the initiation uh, that Life Center is doing, it is not optional. It's not optional. 
of whether or not you become heartstrong in this season. It is obedience or it is disobedience. Hello? If you are here today, God has called us collectively. Why? Because he hasn't just called you to be heartstrong. He has called us to be heartstrong. As we journey through this together, there is an authority and a focused assignment for us in the next three years that we will learn God's word, that we will stand on his foundation, that we will look around the room at others who are doing the same and say, okay, God, build your church. Build your church so that we would know who you are. True disciples embrace how more is not always better. Sometimes it can be a distraction. Jesus challenges the disciples as he goes out. He says, listen, I don't want you to take anything. No gold. <laughs> like you're just, you're going to walk into this place. You're going to speak on my behalf. And whatever people give you, hopefully you get a bed to sleep on. But don't receive payment. Don't make this anything other than what it's supposed to be. That the gospel would go out to people who desperately need to hear it. Church, this morning, let us not overcomplicate the mission that God has before us. Amen? This isn't about raising funds so that we can be the richest church in town. This isn't about gathering enough people in this room so that we can say, wow, look how big our church is. The important thing in, in the assignment that God has given us is that we are dedicated as Canada Life Center to be good disciples of Jesus. who are trying to become great. That we would know the word of God. That we'd be able to open the book and, and over the next three years, maybe God will take you back to Matthew two years from now and you'll be able to recall, oh yeah, I remember that Matthew, as I read through this book, he's pointing to Emmanuel, God with us. Church, there is power in knowing scripture. How do we know this? We saw it just this past week. How did Jesus overcome temptation? Was it because he was just God? Sometimes we do that to Jesus, right? Sometimes we do that to Jesus. We say, oh, Jesus, it was so easy for you. You're God. He says, no. See, he didn't consider his divinity to be something that, that, that he should exploit. Instead, he became human so that we could understand through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the foundation of Scripture, there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper. As the enemy shoots his fiery barbs your way and tries to convict and lie and, and cheat and steal your salvation away, you can stand on the solid rock that is God's word and say, not in here. Not in this house. Because I know who my father is. Church, we are not looking to do anything other than to be faithful to who God has called us to be. In that faithfulness, Matthew chapter 10, verses 19 to 20, we're going to skip over some of these other points. In that faithfulness, God challenges us this. Do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. Amen? Amen. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Father, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Jesus says in the verses pre previous that we need to be ready to be rejected and to be persecuted. I know it's from speaking to high school students for a long time that some of the reasons that they don't talk to people who don't know Jesus is that they're afraid of, what if I say something wrong? Or if they ask me about the Father and I don't actually know what to say. 
Here Jesus was teaching the disciples who we know we're about to get a lot of things wrong. Hello? He's speaking to the disciples and sending them out on mission. He says, listen, who is it that you're going for? Church, who is it that you're on this mission for? Are we trying to see people come to Jesus so that we can stand in front of God and say, wow, look what I did? Are we trying to talk to people about Jesus because we know personally the transformation that can happen when he steps in? To step into that moment and say, God, I don't know what I'm about to say. I don't know what's about to take place. I don't know how this is going to work, but I know that I know that I know that you're highlighting this person in my life right now. That to not talk to them, even if there's rejection, even if there's persecution, even if there's hate that comes my way, to not talk to them, it is, it is more frustrating in my life to be disobedient to you than what it is that may come out of their mouths in this conversation. Jesus says that in those moments when you step into a place where you say, I am not enough, that's where he's able to step in and say, that's right. Let it be me. Let it be the Father. Let it be the Spirit that speaks through you. Because it's him that's going to save. Amen? It's he who transforms. It's he who brings about salvation. We just get to stand there with our mouths open and be like, you mean that by getting to know God's word better, people in my life will come to Jesus? You mean if I establish my life in Sabbath, that by resting and sleeping on time and just being with God in nature, that people will come to Jesus? You mean that prayer can actually move mountains and if I establish it as a discipline in my life, that people will come to Jesus? That's what Jesus said. Hello? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if we want to watch the kingdom of God move forward, if we want to participate in what it is that God is doing, that we need to establish these disciplines in our lives. We need to get to know who he is and all of these things will flow out because that is who God is. It's who he is and he is faithful. He is faithful unto himself, amen? As we establish ourselves in Jesus, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. But the best things in life aren't easy and aren't simple. Church, I believe that God is calling Kanata Life Center to be a house of salvation, to be a place where people come to know him, to be a place where people come to establish eternity through Christ. But we need to remember down to our very core who it is that God has actually created us to be, that we would be asking him to fill our cups for the right things. Are you tired this morning? I'll ask you this question and then I'll turn it back over to Rhonda. Well, I'm going to explain it a little bit so don't get, yeah, right? Okay, good. Yeah, okay. Are you tired all the time? Are you asking God to fill your cup in areas that he's not asking you to pour out?
before coming in and, and stepping into this position as pastor, this is exactly what took place in my life. I was serving as youth pastor for 11 and a half years, and I remember sitting, and, and I was just so tired. I mean, 72 hours at an overnight camp will just do that for you. Like, I get that. Like, it was like, you're right, I'm 36 now. The body was just like, I think, I think we're tired. Like, we should sleep till like, you know, five days from now. But previously in my experience, there had always been that refresh, that energy that would come back in a supernatural source. We laugh, but honestly, I don't know how at 35, 34, 33 years old, I was able to do all those overnight trips. God bless Pastor Sam and everything that God has called him to. Because it is tiring. The youth leaders that are here in this, like, you know, it's tiring. There was always this refresh that would come and I found myself in a season where I said, God, I'm exhausted and, and, I, and I know that I can't pour out properly for these young people. If you don't fill my cup, this is what you've called me to. I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm working with all these youth. I want to see a high school uh, be transformed. I want to bear witness to that. And so God, why am I so tired? What's going on here? And God spoke to me in that moment. He said, Mitch, you're asking me to fill a cup that I've already released you from. And it was this crazy moment in my life where I realized and I was reminded that God has a plan for your life. And there's different seasons that he wants to work in. And some of us here today, we're tired because we know that there's a call of discipleship on our lives, that God wants to send us out and that he wants to build his kingdom in our presence. But we're actually asking God to fill our cups from a past season. We're asking God to fill our cups from a past season. God, I remember how you moved in that season and where I was and I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible and I'm trying to become heart strong, but I just can't get back to where I was. And God says, that's because I'm not going to leave you where you are. But I have a new plan for your life. And so church, as we're journeying through and, and, and we're answering this question of becoming heart strong, are you tired? Could it be because you're asking God to fill your cup from a past season? Who is it that God has called you to be today? Right? What did the Holy Spirit say earlier in our service? There's new wine. There's new wine available in this room. There is a fresh outpouring of the Spirit available for you. God is not done with you yet. Amen? Come on. He's not done with you yet. And he doesn't just want to take you back to that moment of salvation and leave you there. He wants to remind you of when he first stepped into your life, but he wants to remind you of that because he's got something new planned for today. Yes, he was, but today there's something new. There's something fresh. And as God is revealed in your life, I truly believe supernaturally that we're going to watch as new dreams as new goals, as fresh hope is established in this room. We're going to watch healing pour out in this place. We're going to watch addiction fall off people. They're not even going to know who he is. But the moment they walk through that door and they are willing to just offer a cup of water to those who are the less, to those who are the least, to those who are servants, as they walk into his presence, they will be transformed. What did he say in Matthew chapter 10? Those who receive you, receive me. And as they receive me, they receive the Father. 
if we are diligent in our faithfulness, if we are passionate in our service to the Father, not only will our lives be changed, but those around us will be transformed. Can we pray this morning? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your desire is that we would grow in service to you and understanding of who you are. But God, you also want to challenge us today to take that step. So for those in this room today, God, who taking that step is simply following along in a reading plan and making the goal that in three years, I'm going to read through the whole Bible. God, give them boldness. God, maybe there are those in this room who say, you know what, I haven't really taken a further step into the Canada community. God, I pray that you would just open the calendar on Tuesday nights, that they would have an opportunity to join together with other believers and be encouraged through your word. God, for those in this room who desperately want to see you transform a life that you've surrounded them with, God, I pray right now that you would center them in you. And that next conversation with that individual, may it not be us, but may it be the Holy Spirit. God, transform the lives around us. But start here in this room today. May revival fall on Canada Life Center, God. May there be new dreams, fresh hope, new goals that you set up. Fill our cups for today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.